0: Welcome to a new episode of through the lens of Christ. I'm Adam Baker and this is Steve Douster that joins me for this uh, these wonderful conversations that we have we've um, we're only maybe a month, maybe six weeks into this um, and we've covered some some big ground and uh, it's been good they've been very good conversations. I've enjoyed it. I was telling somebody earlier that, Um, these are kind of my therapy sessions, so I get to to talk with Steve and hear what he has to say, and it's really good. So this episode, we are actually going to tackle, between this episode and our next one, um, we're going to tackle the idea of worship. Uh, In this particular episode, we will be talking about what is worship. From a biblical perspective, what is worship? We're going to take that idea of what is worship, and we're going to move to our next episode and talk about um, what does that look like from a corporate worship perspective? So then we when we join together, when we are the assembly, when we are the church, what does worship look like? And how is that um, both... Changing in our current day, and where should it be going? I think that again, as uh, Steve and I have referenced before, that God is in control of all of this, and He is moving us somewhere. It's um, incumbent on us to try to wrestle through where that somewhere is. And I think this idea of worship's important because I do think He's changing how we do. Worship and even how we approach worship and um, what what it means to uh, come together as a body. So we're going to talk about both those things. So we're going to start this one with the idea of what is worship, and I am going to stop talking and <laughs> throw Steve on the spot for that one. So what is worship, Steve? Well, I you know I don't really have a great solid
1: definition for it. Like I, I thought about looking up a definition before we got together. And I thought no, I'm just not going to do that. I think it might be. I thought it might be better if we worked it out together. Just thinking about it together. Yeah. Um, the first thing I thought of as you were going through the introduction like that was everybody worships. Yes, it's 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 in our humanity mm-hmm. to worship something. Mm-hmm. So so univer- worship is universal. Um, Christian worship in particular is is a different type of worship, of course. But um, mm-hmm. but worship. When I when I think of worship, I think of it as. Is something that um, comes wells up from the inside something that's a response to something within us that we see and that we love and that we know so worship to me is something positive on the outside of us as I think about that that we see um, that's something unique that's something superior to all of the things something that we desire most in in, in ourself and I'm not even talking about worshiping God at this point. I'm just talking yes. about worship in general. Um, but it's something that's a response that we have as a, as a human being to something that we understand or experience or see or take part of. Mm-hmm. Is that, in a general sense, that's yeah. somewhat of a definition of worship?
0: Yeah, I think we say that we, it's to what we attribute value. Sure. I, right? So if something is of value to us, we worship that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I believe that the original um, English translation of the word worship is actually worth-ship. And so it's this idea of value, yeah. and I think that, to your point, we, we, we all worship. Yeah. And what do we value? We all value something. What is it that we value? Yep.
1: And sometimes it seems like a lot of things, but usually it kind of narrows itself down into really one
0: main thing, I think. Yes. Yep. And then that that then um, comes through us, and we give that back to whatever it is that we worship. So it's really what, what do we um, attribute value to? And so I think from a, a biblical perspective, we're talking about from a Christian worldview, um, i think Roman, to me, Romans 12.1, there's a lot of great verses on on worship and the, the value of who God is, and um, but Romans 12.1 gives a, a great understanding of uh, what worship is, and it's kind of a hard verse because it's not easy. We talk about worship and we think, I, I go to church and sing, isn't that worship? And I think we have a really diminished view of worship. And so Romans 12:1 says, "Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship." So when we talk about getting back to what is a definition of worship, I think that Paul lays out a really good, powerful definition of what worship is, and he starts by telling us what we val- what we should value most. He uses the word therefore, and he's talking about all of chapters 1 to 11, but he frames it up by saying, in view of God's mercy. And I think he's saying that we, where, what should we value most? God, specifically how how we see that played out through God's mercy
1: yeah and also there's an imperative here so i appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of god so so god's mercy is the is the foundation of this but we're to present our bodies as a living sacrifice so there's there is a there is a donation here there's there's an engagement of our part um really a a subservient to whatever it is we're worshiping here we're talking about god but i'm 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 still i'm still back on everybody worships i took it too too, far too fast no well no you yeah it's really good that you (laughs) did that i like it a lot but it also plays into a secular worship we're giving ourselves to something and 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 in christian worship we give ourselves to the father we give ourselves to the one true and living god if we're in a secular situation or or a non-christian situation we're giving ourselves over to whatever it is that we worship because this is something that we see as more valuable, most valuable, most to be desired. And and if we give ourselves over to the wrong thing to worship and there is actually something above that, all that's that's big trouble. Yeah. Right? That's big that's rebellion and, and God yep. doesn't doesn't stand for that.
0: Well and, and Paul doesn't specifically state it, although he is, again, that therefore meaning all the previous 11 chapters, right? So he, he does get into it throughout there, but the idea where he says a living sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And I think that touches on what you're saying, is because we all worship something, and we're all sacrificed to something, right? Sacrifice not just meaning that I... I um, put in effort towards, or the wording of sacrifice is pulling off the roots of um, animal sacrifice, and and he's literally saying that we should be dying to God, to what he's done, and saying that, to your point, we're all dying to something, right? Mm -hmm. We are all giving all of us to something, Mm -hmm. Um, and when we worship the world and we worship what it has, the natural outcome of a life is death. Yep. And so we will worship what the world has, but it will end. Yep. What we see Paul saying, though, in view of God's mercy, is that we are a living sacrifice. Right. And I think that is, Paul's trying to make that distinction.
1: Yep. Um, I think he is, um, and I also see in that that there's a physical and a spiritual side of it as well. We're to present our bodies That seems pretty physical to me. I mean, our our actual being, we present our bodies as a living, as you mentioned, sacrifice, um, which is our spiritual worship. So there's always this combination of the physical and the spiritual that goes hand in hand. There's never one without the other. So they they work in in concert with one
0: another, it seems to me. And the idea that he's bringing out when he says this is your true and proper worship, he's saying all of you to all of God. Yeah. And this idea that it's not just a Sunday morning thing, it's not just a, we come together and have a quote-unquote service, and now we we have a praise team and we worship with them, yeah. that is a minuscule part of our worship, right. an important part of our worship, but a small percentage of our total, what should be our total worship. And so we're going to get to the idea of corporate worship in the next episode, but when we think about lifestyle worship and what does that look like and what would, what would good look like, I think it's a, a good topic.
1: Well, I think we're worshiping all the time. Mm-hmm. So in, in every aspect of our lives, at every moment that we're, that we're thinking, um, we're worshiping something all the time. We're making choices, we're seeing what's valuable, and we, we respond to those based on what we desire the most. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, we think about those things, worship them in different ways. It could be money, job, people— Um, It could be nature. It could be all kinds of things, relationships. Um, Ultimately, those are usually all self-preferenced and self-determined. So in one sense, we're all self-worshippers in all of that because we're the ones that are determining what's most valuable to us based on our own internal compass. Yes. Yep.
0: Yeah, we have we have no problem worshiping and we we're constantly we wouldn't call it worship but we're constantly driven by our own desires. That's what is constantly pointed back to us in in scripture is that when left to ourselves, we will feed after our own desires and our own desires are always self-serving. And mm-hmm. so it is it becomes self-worship.
1: And all we have to do is look a few chapters back in romans and we can see what kind of desires we have by nature um as whereas we're all born in adam we're all, not you adam right. <laughs> the original adam uh, we're all born in adam then we all are have to have that sin nature attached to us and our desires are all distorted yeah. and so we're desiring the wrong things and we have a huge problem there which of course leads to we we need a savior so the god that created us We rebel against him, and and we're fighting him in our desires and things that we love and enjoy, and he sent a Savior to change us. So he came, lived the life that we should live, gives us the example, um, satisfies God's requirements, dies on the cross for our sins, is raised again, and those that are with him get to die with him and be raised and live with him in in a whole new way with all new desires and a new understanding of what worship actually is. Someone that has not gone through that um, see what you think about this. Someone that has not gone through that change, that spiritual renewal, that that repentance and salvation by faith in Jesus Christ, um, they can they can they even worship God? I don't think they can have a true source sense of worship. It's all it's humanistic, you know, secular worship, no yeah, Christian you, worship there at you all. You would
0: you would tend to worship what God can give you, right? So it ends yes. up coming back to a self worship. Right. That I, right. I I can think about some creator, some being, some spiritual thing, but only in terms of how he relates to me.
1: Right. So we worship God for his gifts mm-hmm. rather than for who he is. Right. A huge, right. huge difference. Yep. And I think that's a very subtle difference that we all we're very easily caught up in. Right. I enjoy all these things about being a Christian, therefore I'm a Christian. No, I oh, I enjoy God. God is the end. God's God's the culmination of our desires and our love. Yes. And, and all these other things that he gives us are great gifts, but they're yes. not him. Right. He's the greatest gift. Yes,
0: yeah. And I think when we talk about what does um, worship look like, specifically on the lifestyle worship, yeah. I, I always like to go back to... Um, what we refer to as the gardens right the beginning and the end we see adam and eve in the garden and then at the very end we see um eden renewed and we see at the beginning before sin has corrupted the world we see this little glimpse at the very beginning of scripture and the first couple of chapters of genesis of of what what kind of that perfected state looks like to be in worship with god and then we see glimpses of heaven throughout revelation and then we see at the end of uh, this this view of of heaven and heavenly worship and so I, to go to the beginning, and we look at, at Adam and Eve in the garden, at um, the beginning of, of chapter 3, we see this entrance of, of Adam and Eve and how they're interacting with the world. And it says that you know, nothing yet had been, had been growing because there wasn't anybody there to work the fields. right? There hadn't yet been rain. There hadn't been um, anybody to work the fields. And so we see a man come in, and he begins to work the fields, and he begins to name the animals, and we see all this interaction. All of that being done... Not because Adam woke up from the dirt and said... Hey, I think that'd be a great idea, right? I think that you know my job requires me to do this, but because he was in this perfect communion with God, and that was an act of worship for him yeah. to work the land, for him to name the animals. He was uh, this. So yeah, so all, all those things that he's doing. So so he's
1: responding to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. So so that's that's that natural connection. So so in that in that state, both in the beginning and the end, which I think are really good examples. Mm-hmm. The, the glory of of God. God is clearly being displayed and Adam is responding out of a pure heart to that or or in the future we will be responding out of a pure heart to that glory here we are in the middle of all that right and the glory is obscured so so we we, we not only that when we when we see the glory we misuse it and we turn it into something that it's not and so we, we devalue it we deface it we hide it we use it for wrong purposes because we don't see it clearly and don't love it the way we should mm-hmm. so it it I'm gonna go back to it takes that changed heart that Christ gives us when we come to him in in repentance and faith so that we can clearly now see what's actually there in a spiritual sense and see that glory and then we respond to that in worship yes. and that's yeah. that's the goal that we have in in life really as I go to work working with people even working with materials, seeing the glory of God in that and, and understanding that that comes straight from God as as a mark of himself in this world and in other people and in relationships and in myself as well, and responding with praise and adoration for what I've now seen yes. in a very different yeah. way than before I was a believer.
0: Yeah, there's a, um, um, a writer, um, Hans Urs von Balthasar. Never um, heard of that. Dude. Yeah, so he... Uh, <laughs> Um, he actually wrote extensively on the beauty of God. And this idea he even took... So the transcendentals we know as as God is the one, the, the true and the good. Mm-hmm. Um, the fourth transcendental, which sometimes is added, and he really claimed, was beauty. Mm-hmm. And so this idea that everything that we see is in some way, even though Paul says it's revealed as though through a, through a glass darkly, right? Yeah. But it's all revealing God's glory, all of creation, right. everything that everything that you make with your hands, you were talking about through materials, right. isn't done through Steve's hands, right. right? It's done through God through Steve's hands, and we're all seeing what he's doing, and we see this glory, and if we have a wrong understanding and we have a repositioning of ourselves, we worship ourselves, but right. yet with God, we actually understand this... This, I think we we have a really good understanding of what His beauty is within us as believers once we've gone through that change. Mm-hmm. We can't articulate it. It's really hard to put into words, which is why right. we spend so much time trying to study and talk about it. Yes. But it's this this thing that continues to draw us. When Scripture says that God draws us to Him through His Son, I don't think that's a one-time action. I think He's drawing us mm-hmm. to Him, and that that is we just worship because we know the glory that is present.
1: Right. And then there's that whole aspect of the true, the good, and the beautiful, all mm-hmm. being wrapped into one, that we can't have one of those things without the other two. So all that being together, what is what is beautiful is also true and good, what is yeah. good is also true and beautiful, all the yes. way that, that works together as well. Yes. Um, that all, I think, plays into very much what you just
0: said. I like that yeah. a lot. Right. And mm-hmm. then so now knowing, as you said, we're, we're being transformed. We're now seeing um, this this beautiful true god and we can't fully articulate but now we want to respond to that yes. there's this desire to respond and i think that's again we're probably way on a tangent but when we talk about believing in jesus christ as our lord and savior we say that you know we we have faith or we've accepted or we've we've chosen to or all of these words but really what we're saying is is that there's been a desire placed in us and we're responding to that desire. We can't respond to God without that desire being within us. And so once we have that once we see that glimpse, once those uh, again use Paul once once those blinders are taken off, once the scales are removed yep. and we see God for who he is, how could we respond in any other way? Right, and I think once we see that,
1: we want more of that. Mm-hmm. So so and, and sometimes we still fall back into sin and we and we think we see something that's not there, right? It's it's something that entices us that it, that feels good and looks good, but it's not the ultimate good. There's actually it's actually a deceiver and a deception going on there. But once we see that glory, we should want more of it, and we should want to enhance it and encourage it, which is actually God's grace working through us to do that. Whether that's um, you know, in our own lives, or, or actually, whether it's in an evangelistic situation where we want more worshipers. so more people to worship God together, because we want we want God to get the glory that He deserves redounded back to Him through people and through the things that we create with our hands and the businesses that we build, or the or the ministries that we work in, or the or the interactions and relationships with people. Mm-hmm. Even as I take care of my dog, whatever it might be, <laughs> right? all those things glorify God. Yep. Um, it, it, Making making sure we're visioning the true, the good, and the beautiful, seeing the glory of God, and responding to it, um, in appropriate ways.
0: Yeah, and and we go back to um, we we talked a little bit about the beginning, right? You see Adam in the garden; he's in this um, great and true point of worship, and then we see that broken. Mm -hmm. And now, what you're talking about is how how all of earth is in the in the the pangs of childbirth, Right. right? right? And we are all trying to get back to that. We've experienced worship in its fullness once. Right. And there's something within us still craving that thing. Right. And we don't see it come back until we get to the very end of Revelation. We talk about God being a redemptive God. He's redeeming us to Him, not just because He's He's just this selfish God who has invented worshipers. He's, God is... Um, again, to to be controversial, but he's an egoist, right? I mean, how could God like anyone but himself, right? Right. But he's created all of this world and redeeming it to him, not just so that we can be his minions, which some people feel, but he's giving us the blessing of worship. He's giving us the joy of his glory, and we're able to worship, and that's what we see heaven erupting in in Revelation, is this wonderful acknowledgement even before the, the new heaven and earth come, we see heaven and praising God for who he is, for who Christ is, and for what is to come.
1: Yes. So so I I, and I also agree with God being and if you want to call it an egotist, but mm-hmm. who who else is he to worship? Or right. what else is he to worship? He's got to worship really himself. Yes. If he worships something else, then that other something else would, would be God, yeah. and, and he wouldn't he would not be God. So that that's a huge thing. And I think of that too in, in a salvific kind of a way. It's like we're all made by God created by God and God's got it wired in us to worship we're just worshiping the wrong thing so we need that release and that like those like you said the scales and blinders to be removed so that we can see clearly and then it's a nat it's not a forced or a or a robotic kind of a thing it's a natural thing for us to worship the true glory of god because he's the person he's the one that created us to do that so it's simply a cleaning out of the spectacles or a cleaning of the glasses and we're able to see and we do what we're naturally created to do so that is that is the freedom that we have in worship, and the freeing that we have when we come to Christ. So even though um, you know we're we're slaves to unrighteousness here on the earth, well we're eventually, if we come to Christ, we're slaves to Christ. Um, but it's in a in a way that really meets. I don't know what would you say. It's the it's the way for human potential and human flourishing to be maximized, yes. to be what it actually was in the garden, and what it was yes. meant to be, and
0: yep. the way it will be in heaven. Right. Like when yes. Using the
1: before and after. Yes.
0: Yes. Again. So we've talked about um, to wrap this up and yeah. move on to our next episode. But the we've we've talked about what worship is, kind of in the full right this idea that we're we've attributed value to God not because we've chosen to attribute that value but because he's revealed to us his value we've now seen this value we respond back with our worship acknowledging his value and now we're struggling to do it well and so right. we in that struggle need a we need support we need help and we need to see it um lived out and so as we um close this idea of kind of lifestyle worship that segues us into the understanding of corporate worship why do we come together and what does worship look like so that'll be the next uh point of our episode so great conversation thank you steve as always thank you